Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Holland. Welcome to another one. This time, let's find out what it's like being freelance for art director and graphic designer Lena Forschgern. I think I almost hit the wall before. I think it's a common freelance trap. It was very physical, like I felt sick. Last summer, like that was the first time that I decided to have like a proper vacation. And then I took six weeks. And that was a lot. <laughs> I also started a freelance-based feminist communications agency with a friend. But I, I like having my freelance life um, to be free. Yes, yeah, so there is Lena, who is from Stockholm, and her story coming up in a moment. How are you? Are you okay? Thanks so much for finding another episode of Being Freelance. There's over 200 wherever you get your podcasts from or at beingfreelance.com. If you enjoy it, please do think about sharing it with somebody else. If you're listening to it as it goes out in this coronavirus situation, I hope you're doing okay. Come join us. Why not? In the Being Freelance community. It's a great place to be. Beingfreelance.com is the place to go and click on the link. It takes you through to community. As you'll have noticed at the moment, the podcast isn't sponsored. Um, I would say I'm working on it, but to be honest, I'm just <laughs> I'm burying my head in the sand and just trying to survive with my family all locked indoors. But in the meantime, if you do uh, really enjoy what happens with being freelance, both with the podcast and uh, the website and the community, and you fancy supporting it, then you can. You can go to beingfreelance.com slash coffee and make a donation. I call it like coffee and biscuits money. Keeps me in biscuits. Yeah, really. It does. It makes a difference. But honestly, I know that times are tight and I don't expect it. I do this gladly anyway. So if you really can't, don't worry about it at all. But for those who do, thank you so much. You can either do it monthly or as a one-off donation. Go to beingfreelance.com slash coffee. Right, let's crack on, shall we? And chat to this week's guest. That is art director and graphic designer, Lena Forschgern. Hey, Lena. Hey. <laughs> I tried. You tell us how how I should have said your surname, please. It's Forsgren in Swedish, but I I would say Forsgren if I meet an English speaking person. Well, Lena, thanks so much for chatting to us. How about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? Yeah, I didn't start freelancing in senior high school, but I went to a media program in graphic communication um, in high school. And the last year we had uh, five weeks of internship, uh, which I did at a digital agency in Stockholm called Great Works. And after graduating, I got a job there as an art director assistant and worked there for a year. By the end of that year, I felt like I didn't want to uh, get stuck there just having high school behind me. Uh, so I applied to Design College, uh, Bickman's College of Design in Stockholm, and got in. So uh, then the agency offered me to keep working with a client as a freelancer when I quit my job there. And that was for the Swedish United Nations. So I did that while studying. So that was my first uh, freelance job. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great first gig to have. And how did you fit in that that work around studying? Uh, I don't know. I think I just worked 24 hours. <laughs> I didn't sleep during college. 
Yeah, I, I kept freelancing with several projects during school as well because there was some other people that worked in that agency that started another agency and they asked me to freelance for them as well. So I did that meanwhile. So you knew how to do the work, but this was, you know, suddenly you're being asked to be a freelancer. Did you know what you were doing from a business side of things? Not really. I Not so by then, I think. It was trial and error in the beginning. It has taken like, uh, I think I've been freelancing for nine years now. And it's maybe like the last three years that I started to feel comfortable like with the business side of it. I feel like you have to learn all the time, like new things. Uh, when it comes to the business part hmm. of it. So to jump back into your story, you were studying and freelancing on the side. So how mm. long did that go for? Mm, I did it for um, the three years that I went to Beckmans. And during that time, I started a freelance-based feminist communications agency with a friend, which there was a big interest in from the beginning. Uh, I think it was in 2014 and feminism was a big thing in in Sweden at least because we had a feminist party in the running for the government. Yeah, they didn't get in, but it was like a big thing in 2014. So we got a lot of projects through that and I got to know people through that that I'm still working with today. And then a year after college, I started freelancing full-time wow so you started an agency yeah. how, how was was it literally just the two of you or were you hiring like subcontractors like how how did it work uh from in the beginning it was the two of us but we built a network kind of so it was more like a, a network based agency of freelancers so it, maybe we were 10 people and some of them were developers and some were copywriters and yeah. How did that differ? You're not doing that anymore? No, we did it until 2018, I think, so two years ago. Um, but it kind of, um, I think in the beginning we saw it as a, something we wanted to try to do, to like have an agency in a different way. But then we were quite young, both of us, in like our early 20s. So I think during the years, we wanted to go in different directions. And yeah. But what was your experience of like doing that agency? Was it a, a positive one? What did you take away from it? Uh, yeah, I think it was positive. I think the the greatest thing I, I'm taking from it is I got to know like a lot of amazing people that I still like have contact with today and that I I'm still working with and also like the experience of of managing like bigger projects in teams and things like that but it was also hard sometimes to do the project management at the same time as I was working with the design part of it and would you do it again Again, I mean, maybe not start an agency or maybe you would, but in terms of hiring other people, even within what you do now? 
I'm doing it sometimes now in projects. Um, I get like a project where the client doesn't have the other disciplines or like a copywriter or a developer. Maybe they come to me and say they want a a website (laughs) and then I... Uh, I find a developer or and a copywriter maybe, and I'm the like project manager in that project as well. So I kind of do it still, but I don't think I would start uh, a proper agency. I like having my freelance life and be to be free. What's the benefit to you doing that now? Does it allow you to work on different projects or to make potentially more money? Yeah, maybe both, I think. I can um, choose to work with yeah, whichever project I want to work on. And I think when we were uh, several people, we were more picky, I think, with the projects. Like it was important for us then that everyone uh, was okay with the project. And and actually, does that, why? Because I noticed, because you call yourself Studio Lena Forschgern. Yeah. <laughs> did you call yourself just Lena, Lena Forschgern at first, or did you always be studio studio Lena? If you see, what was the thinking behind that? I think I switched <laughs> during these years. I've changed it several times, but I think I use it because I I want maybe the bigger projects also. So even though I like to be like in, individual freelancer, I also like to have the the bigger projects and manage projects in teams sometimes. So I think, yeah, maybe it adds, um, I don't know, the more of the, the studio slash agency vibe yeah. to it. No, I get that. It automatically, I guess, suggests that it's bigger than just you, but that you're at the heart of it. Yeah. I think I, I like with the studio I'm kind of communicating that I have maybe a network of more people that can be involved in the projects. Mm. So the first time that you were getting freelance work, it it came to you. Uh, yeah. You literally didn't you didn't even ask for it. It just yeah. it they they wanted you. How have you gone about getting clients over the years? Actually, I I didn't look for clients that much myself, so I've been very privileged in that way. It's been a lot of like word of mouth, I think, and recommendations from the people I work with. Maybe they they know someone in another company or organization that they they told uh, about me, and so I think my my kind of um, God, I'm trying to find the word sometimes. I'm working a lot with doing a good job. So so you don't do, for example, you know, sometimes we hear about blogging or doing YouTube or Instagram or Twitter, like, you know, all of the different things that we, we could do to put, make ourselves visible. I use Instagram. I use that kind of as a portfolio as well. And also I yeah I post on my website and also Facebook and behind. So I have all these social channels but I don't think it has given me like as much work as by word of mouth I think maybe those channels could give me or in in like Instagram or Facebook I'm trying to show what I want to do more of Mm. because when I maybe when I'm recommended 
it could be more like the same kind of jobs that I'm already doing. So maybe I can, yeah, show what I want to do more of um, in, in Instagram and such. And I noticed on your website that you've been doing quite a lot of speaking. Yeah, I think it started when we had this feminist communications agency. I got to speak like about norm critical uh, graphic design or visual communication. They contacted me about that. And after that, I also like talked more about my practice, but mostly about like the norm critical graphic design part. Uh, but I am actually very, very anxious talking in front of people. But I think I, I forced myself to do it. But like when I get to know that I'm speaking in two months, I'm anxious every day until it's time. <laughs> so I don't know if it's worth it. Uh, yeah. And you've been doing teaching as well, haven't you? Or, or workshops and things? Yeah, I've been like a guest teacher. This last couple of months or six months, I've uh, been a guest teacher at my old school, Beckman's College of Design, um, in a course. And I've done some mentoring for the graduation students. And also before that, I had like an evening course in graphic design and things like that. Is that another way to bring in like to diversify your income so that you're not just waiting for a client job to come in yeah I think uh, my first jobs like the when I had the evening course and I also um, were a teacher in a digital design program that was for the income but also because it's fun (laughs) Uh, but it doesn't bring as much income maybe as working for a client but I I feel like it's an honor to me to to do it somehow um, mm. and follow the students that's going into the working life. So you're acting as a mentor. You get something out of it as well. Yeah, definitely. I really think that it's. <laughs> I I feel like blessed that I can can be there and and do that. What does freelance life? look like for you you know you said you you like to be free do you work from home I have an office that I try to go to as often as possible uh, I don't think I could work from home always there's too many temptations uh, so I I really need to have my office to go to and yeah maybe I go there I don't know it's special times now with the corona situation but yeah, I try to go there maybe every other day or so. But I, yeah, I, I like to take my uh, long mornings with long breakfast. No, I take the bus or the metro there. It's maybe a half an hour. So maybe I get there at, at 10 or so. Do you do like a, a well, I was going to say a nine to five, but a 10 to six at like... Yeah, to, like these days I, I try to not do the work when I get home. But previously I definitely working at the office and then I get home and I keep working all night and uh, but I I think I almost hit a wall before um, it's a I think it's a, a common freelance trap so yeah now I'm trying to have my my evenings off uh, so I think it's important for for the balance how did it feel like when like when you say you were hitting a wall 
I think I knew because it was very physical. Like I felt felt sick. I think in my body somehow. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize maybe until after a while that it was the stress. Like you can get all symptoms from stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was that that maybe re- realize. And made me realize, and also that my friends told me I should work less uh, <laughs> as well. <laughs> so uh, it's hard to realize before someone else tells tells you. Yeah, obviously, when you worked in that sort of agency situation, as in your own agency, were you like working physically together, or were you working remotely when you did that? Mm, both, but most remotely maybe we met for a startup meeting and and then we yeah mostly work remotely some of us were in in other parts of Sweden so do you have anybody who you get to have that with now you know like that that sort of I guess community or yes I do (laughs) like a few years ago I think it was three years ago maybe I uh, started a Facebook group for women and non-binaries within the creative field Uh, it was like an idea that emerged in another facebook group where we were a few people that was like we need to start this facebook group for us within the the creative industry where we're able to ask for advice and talk about our work life and i feel like it's a community where i can do all that like if I want to speak to someone or if I need to talk about like a hard situation with a client or something like that, I can just go to this group. It has helped me a lot. And do you get to meet in person as well? Mm, I think people have like met through this group. Some people do workshops or find people to collaborate with. But I have a lot of friends in the group too, so we're already uh, seeing each other. You started that, did you? Yeah, but it was uh, like a, uh, it wasn't just my idea. Is it the sort of community, I guess, where you you feel like you need to start conversations in it and sort of run it, you know, as a Facebook group, or is it just something that you started but now it it has a life of its own? Oh, it has it... A, a, a entire life of its own, <laughs> so I don't need to to do anything in the group really, besides like checking if everyone are behaving, (laughs) not saying uh, mean stuff to each other, but that never happens anyway. I think the thing I do the most, maybe as an administrator, is organizing the Instagram account. So we have like an Instagram account where a person is guest posting every week. Oh, nice. So I'm trying to keep it alive, also like outside the group. That's a really good idea. I mean, you mentioned that some people have collaborated, but has it, like, does work get passed around as as well in that? Yeah, I think I've got a few projects through the group. It happens from time to time. People are posting uh, projects because I think a lot of people in the group, like if they get a client or who also, or they need someone more in the project, they, they want it to be like someone in the community. 
Now, Lena, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true and one a lie and let me figure out the lie. Mm. What do you have for me? So I have, I own 17 pairs of pink sneakers. Uh, <laughs> I've had 22 gerbils by mistake. And I have a video on YouTube with over uh, 57,000 views. Oh, these are great. You have 17. I mean, I like colorful trainers, colorful sneakers, but 17 pairs of pink. Mm. Do you also have 15 pairs of blue ones? Or, mm. or are all your sneakers pink? Uh, all are pink, of course. I love pink. Everybody's going, shut up about the sneakers. We need to know about the gerbils. <laughs> because 22 gerbils by mistake. We got, when I was a child, uh, we got two um, gerbils that we thought was like the same gender, uh, <laughs> but they <laughs> uh, got like 10 more gerbil babies, uh, and then we didn't manage to separate them before they got <laughs> 10 more. <laughs> well, yeah, that'll do it. Did you give them on or did you suddenly just have a lot of gerbils in your house? Uh, I think we could uh, give them back to the pet shop because it was their mistake. Um, oh, yes. Uh, but we kept three of them. What were the first two gerbils called? Um, they were called Hildegard and Lash. Right. Okay. And you have a, what's the YouTube video of that you got 57,000 hits on? Um, it's a video that um, was made in high school. I was 16 and did it with a few friends where we're interviewing a man in the streets who is playing the harmonica. How has it been so successful? Is there a big harmonica fan base in Sweden? Um, no, it's uh, this guy who's playing the harmonica is like kind of famous or it's um, a, a man that a lot of people have seen. He's like a, a, a Stockholm character that people see. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I mean, that sounds possible. 22 gerbils is brilliant. And again, easily done. The only thing I don't know there is how many baby gerbils one mum would have, if you see what I mean. Like te mm. 10 feels like a lot to come out of one poor gerbil. <laughs> but, you know motherhood yeah. is is an odd thing poor gerbil okay and then pink sneakers okay the <sighs> surely for gerbils isn't the lie now okay i'm gonna say the sneakers is the lie there's no need to have 17 pairs of sneakers yeah i it's that one you're correct yes <laughs> yeah actually i don't like pink shoes or i, <laughs> I just i just like black shoes uh, Brilliant. Oh, and I don't like wearing sneakers. <laughs> but, but that is a good lie. I thank was, you. <laughs> which is wonderful because that does mean the gerbils is true. Well, yes. well done to Lars. <laughs> if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Mm, I think it would definitely be not to not work that much um, as I did before. Um, I think it's okay to have a whole weekend off sometimes. And it's actually necessary. And also to take like a few weeks in, in the summer uh, to not work. Nice. When you take holidays, like, do you schedule them in yourself and simply tell clients, 
you know, I'm not around then or this project will have to be delayed because of, you know, I'm not. Like, how do you communicate that, I guess? I just did that last summer. Like, that was the first time that I decided to have, like, a proper vacation. And then I took six weeks. And that was a lot. <gasps> wow. <laughs> um, but I think I, yeah, I put on, like, auto-reply on my email. And I told the clients I work with a lot that I was going to have my holidays like maybe I told them a month before or something like that and also trying to maybe match or get in the holiday when I know that they they don't need me for projects ah good yeah so like picking a quieter time where you think they might be quiet yeah yeah it do you have quite a lot of repeat clients then yes I do maybe I have um four clients that I um, that are like uh, production companies or agencies uh, that I work with. So they come with with projects uh, to me like on a regular basis. So that's my like safety, <laughs> my safety net to have those clients. Do you always feel when they come to you though that you have to say yes or, or, or are you able to say no? um yeah I think it's yeah it it is a bit hard to say no because it can feel like they're relying on me a lot so it is a bit hard <laughs> but I um I think I say yes most of the time I think I could say no if I I wanted to and when you're working with agencies does that mean like things are dictated to you such as deadlines mm, most of the time they have already have the deadline sets or the time plan but sometimes I'm uh, in it like from the beginning and I let them know when I have the time to do it and what my time plan looks like also or my schedule well that's awesome that you managed to take so much time off yeah but I, I wouldn't do it again I think <laughs> it was too, you would it was too long in what way did you as it, did you run out of things to do or were you worrying about work like um I think yeah maybe it was because my um boyfriend was away working like maybe all of those weeks <laughs> so I was mostly home alone or of course I met friends and and did things but yeah it was I think I would plan it better, but I was so like decided that I would have my six weeks. But yeah, I think I would I would uh, plan it better. How many would you go for out of interest then? I think four is good. Okay. I think it's like the regular length of vacation in Sweden. Is it? Yeah. Nice. That's a good idea. Most people take all of July. Ah, I was going to say, I've actually, I remember working with a French freelancer once and mm. asking him, him, you know, like, we need you to do something. And it was in August. And he was like, well, I don't work in August. Nobody oh. works in August. <laughs> so it's so but the, that if 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 the Swedish culture is to have July off, that must make it easier to have, you know, to say to clients that you're off. Yeah, definitely. Oh, come on, UK. Let's all take (laughs) July and August off. Yes. Actually, that's that's one thing about this whole lockdown thing at the moment is that it it is at least something that everybody around, not just the country, but the world is going through and therefore understanding. Yeah. And it makes it easier in that respect. Yeah, definitely. But it's like you have the social abstinence 
<laughs> I think. Oh, yeah. Lena, thank you so much. Listen, go to beingfreelance.com. There will be links through so if you can check out Lena's website and her work, which looks awesome, but also uh, go find her on Instagram as well uh, and Facebook and all of those links as ever. As for all of our guests who are at beingfreelance.com, check out the other articles and podcasts and videos while you're there and click through to the community. Come and join us in the Being Freelance community, freelancers from around the world hanging out there, particularly at the moment. It's a really nice place to be, so come join us. And if you're after another podcast to listen to don't forget i also host the doing it for the kids podcast with frankie from the doing it for the kids community recently nominated for best business podcast at the british podcast awards it was very exciting if you've not heard it before please search for doing it for the kids and we would love to have your ears over there as well but for now lena thank you so much really great to chat to you and all the best being freelance yeah thank you for having me (laughs) 